more of the good stuff. Hey, hey, it's seven minutes past twelve. It's Wednesday, and it's the last Wednesday of the month. Month end money show. That's what we're talking about. You with Pumi Mashekho and Michelle Dave, our money guru in the house. Hello, everybody. And today, the last day, last Wednesday of Women's Month, we're talking about money issues that uh, that I think women more than any other person is affected by this. So every financial institution will talk to you about saving for your child's education, saving for post-matric. They'll talk to you about all of that, but nobody, nobody ever talks to you about the cost of actually having the baby, the cost of all of that cuteness coming into your life, the cost of the change, the biggest change that ever happens in a woman's life, the cost of actually having the baby. This is, some, this is even before you have the issues, before you have the fertility treatments, before any of that stuff. If you just run off the mill, I'm having a baby, boom. What does that actually cost you? So that's what Michelle and I are talking about today. And we're talking about how you can save for it, how you, what kind of costs you're looking at. We're going to be talking a lot of numbers today, girls. If you've had the experience or you're thinking about having a baby and you've got questions, give us a call. You can call us directly into the Cliff Central studio on 0861-555-189. Or you can Twitter us or YouTube us or Facebook us on cliffcentral.com at cliffcentral.com or directly to my uh, Twitter handle at pumimashukho1. Michelle, I'm sad to say. I'm sorry. Very sad to say Michelle does not have a Twitter handle, but uh, she's been peer pressured into getting one. So next time, she's going to have a Twitter handle. She's going to have a Facebook. Promise. But until then, Facebook me, and we'll also put all the stuff that we talk about today, we'll put it all on the Facebook. But we're talking about the cost of having a baby. Michelle? Guys, again, I think what Pumia said is just such a valid point. Until we spoke about this, I never actually thought about it. And I always thought, yes, we do look after the tertiary education for our kids, and that's what we're really concerned about. But she's made such a valid point by saying, what what do we do about actually having the kid? Because a lot of people, although they're on medical aids, may not be on a medical aid which covers everything. So if you look just at a normal birth where you've got the obstetrician or the gynecologist and you've got your hospital stay, we're looking at about 45,000 rand to have this kid. So that really scared the hell out of me when I actually looked at these figures and I thought, great, how do you do this? And again, how many people plan ahead for a baby? You know, so I've got a very, very strange story. I plan everything. I, cal- <laughs> I, cal- I do. I calculate everything. I work on timetables. Everything in my life is on a timetable. You're working it out. I'd worked out this whole timetable about having a baby. And, then, and, and when it actually all hit me, was, first of all, it was three months too early. Yeah. I didn't think that I'd fall pregnant so quickly. So already I was like, this child is ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even following my schedule. <laughs> but then, then I started all the little shopping, all the little things. And of course, the first thing I did, the first thing I did was I needed a new wardrobe. Hello. <laughs> Mom comes first. Wow. <laughs> you know, in the, in the waiting for the baby stage, I needed a new wardrobe. And the experience of walking into the shops and suddenly you're like new jeans, even new shoes at times. Because there was a time when my feet couldn't fit into anything I yeah. had. And that on its own was such, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. No one talks to you about that. Then, you, then I used to drive this cute little mini. <laughs> I was so hot. I was so hot. I was so young. I was so it. <laughs> And I was like driving this cute little mini and I, and I made a list of all the things that I thought you needed to have a baby. And I went to the, the baby store, babies are us or something ridiculous like that. And I looked at the prams and folding in and I was like, oh, one handed fold and this, 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 you know, you're all like into this. And I, and I got this pram and I paid for it and I went outside to go put it in my car. And it didn't fit in the boot. (laughs) 
And I was like, hmm. And even that was a cost I hadn't thought of because suddenly I actually had to, to deal with the reality that I was going to have to change my car and get a mummy car. And that really sucked. <laughs> it did suck. But that that is also, so for me, that was an additional, and I mean, a car is a big ticket item. You know, you, you think about sure, the car you're going to buy for a very long time. And it's a big ticket item. But to never think about, oh, I need to change a car. I need a mummy car. Yes. For the first time, I realized how impractical my cute little mini was because I couldn't open the back door. And now you've got those minis that do that. Yes. And that, to put the baby in and the baby chair. And, and that <laughs> was like, and that's the first time I thought, oh, dear. <laughs> this, this is going to be expensive. This sure. is going to be an expensive Exercise. And as I was reading and reading things like how often babies eat and how often you have to change the nappies, here's a number that's going to blow your mind. 2,848. Correct. Those are the number of nappies you need for a baby in its first year. That is scary. <laughs> and I think if you're a neurotic mom or a first-time mom, they say to you, you only have to change nappies every so sort of cup of check your baby every hour or couple of hours but if you're neurotic and you're a first-time mom i think you'll change nappies every hour if you have to or every 15 minutes yeah. because you're nervous so you don't want a nappy rash because that's going to cause more medical bills and more stuff so I'm so reading, you do become neurotic so i'm reading this thing that says every time the baby you feed the baby you should change its nappy like this thing eats every three hours <laughs> oh lord so this is this was my experience with my little calculator and my little book writing out all of these numbers and that's that's when the first time i ever thought somebody should have this conversation about just and then when you walk into that shop and you find they only have the nappies in like 72s and it's 300 bucks for 72 nappies and you just, and and if you, in your head you've already got the 2800 you already suddenly those cloth nappies you know look like a really good idea Look like a very good idea, not just because you're being a hippie, but because <laughs> you know <laughs> this is a real thing. But then I started thinking about the fact that what can one do to save up for the expense? So as you're, if you're like me or not, you're listening to the show today and you're thinking, oh, it sounds like a lot of money, you know? What can one do? Because there are no products that are pregnancy friendly yeah that are yeah that are like you know you get an education policy sure. for your kids but you don't get a pregnancy policy no. that you can buy when you're 25 if no. you're hoping to have a baby when you're 30 you know sure so what can one do to save up there's a couple of things i think that you can do and just looking at it more from a logistical point of view you've got things like and as I said, to, to me, it's quite difficult that people will actually save up for five years and i think that is really preempting the thought of babies and having a family. So if you're going to save up for five years, you've got your endowment policies, which give you a really nice rate of return. And because you're young, you can have a more aggressive portfolio. So I would say that you would then start already saving like you were going to have that baby. So in other words, how much does a baby cost you per month? Can be 1,500 rand, 2,000 rand, 2,500 rand, depending on what you need to buy. So start putting that money away into an endowment policy for a five-year term. If it's a shorter period of term, you've also got your collective investments, which is also your unit trusts. That also gives you a nice growth at a more aggressive rate of growth and a shorter period of time. That is a more flexible option, which means that you can take the money out a lot sooner than your five years, or you can take it out after two years or three years or whatever you want to. Now, Michelle, Endowment policies, and I, I always wonder about this when I hear about short-term aggressive. <laughs> Sorry. Let's what break is, it down. Yes. What does okay. that mean? When you say short-term aggressive okay. portfolio. All right. What <laughs> happens is that when you do, when you go and see somebody specifically for a five-year policy, which we call the endowments. Now, five years is your minimum term because it's regulated. So if you take the money out before that, you are penalized. You can take it out, however, you're actually going to lose money. So when you go and see a client, the first thing you do is you do a risk profile with a client. It gives you an understanding of whether the person is 
a moderate, aggressive, or a cautious investor. And it gives you an understanding of which funds they're going to go into. So if they are going to be more aggressive, you can really go higher equity, less bonds, more cash. And that is really how you determine where your funds are going to be. Are they going to be more offshore? Are they going to be more you know, um, domestic funds? And also your management of your funds depends on that aggression and the profile that your client fits. Okay, so profile of a client. And I, I think when I was younger, <laughs> it does change. I, I was a lot more kind of aggressive with reckless <laughs> abandon. Yes. I yeah. lived life with reckless abandon. Correct. How do, how do I know as a person what kind of risk profile I have? Okay, here's a promise I'll make. By the time that we have our next show, I will have a Facebook page and I'll actually put a risk profiler on for people to use so that they can actually check their own risk profile if they want to, just for a matter of interest. And I think that is really what it's about, is knowing, and as you were saying now, you do, you change as you get older and your profile changes as your risk changes for you as an individual. So when you become more astute and you kind of know a little bit more about where your investments are and also what your debt is, (laughs) <laughs> and how far and how oh, far away you are from that retirement. Thing. <laughs> that thing. That's it. it One changes. of these days we'll actually have a conversation about dates. Oh, and I'm gosh. not ready yet. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So that is really why you do it. And every time you see your client, you must do a risk profile because their risk does change. And if your client is already in a portfolio, you have to look at that portfolio at least once a year. Because if it's not growing for the client and their profile has changed, you need to switch their funds. Mm-hmm. It has to be done. And what about, so, I mean, I went, I went to the baby store. I put it on my Facebook. I put the book on my Facebook because I went to the shop and I was, I was walking around pretending like if I was, it's been a while. I mean, it's been seven years since I had a baby. So I was walking around pretending like if I were having a baby for the first time, what are the things I would need? And I've got a little bit of experience, you know. I I remember I remember walking into I, I went to the shop a couple of times before I actually bought stuff because it was so overwhelming. Firstly because everything's so cute. Oh gosh. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> oh, the worst. What? <laughs> everything is so cute because everything is like a miniature size. And and then everything is also a little nauseating because it's only blue, yellow, and pink. <laughs> and so that's, that's like, what if I like purple? The only purple thing you find in a baby store is Barney. Is Barney, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Help us. <laughs> but, you know, and, and it was like, and I went there and I walked around and I, and I started making a list of kind of the, the first stuff. If you're, if you're like going to have your own nursery. For the baby and not everybody has a nursery but no. if you're gonna have a nursery that's like a whole refurnishing an entire room in your house or your flat for yes. this person that's a huge cost i mean renovating on its own is a huge cost that's a huge cost you know that's like paint bed, yes. all of that kind of stuff and then changing it three months later because you know don't like the previous one yeah because when yeah. you're pregnant also all changes lots of yeah. things happen in your life <laughs> And I looked at that and I thought, right, if I only started here, thank you, if I only started here, would, yeah, I'm allowed to, it's Cliff Central, I'm allowed to, (laughs) I can say thank you for people bringing me the number and I had forgotten to say we're also on WeChat, see, (laughs) all that's important. And I looked at the cost of a room. If you're unlucky like me and you actually have to change your car because it, because you drive an unsafe car. If you're a person that drives a TT. I had a friend who drove a oh, TT. Yes. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, she drove an oh, SLK. Okay. She drove okay. an SLK, which is just as bad because it's only got two seats. And you can't put a baby in the front seat. <laughs> It was horrendous. It was oh a horrendous gosh. experience. I mean, it took her, I think, six months of her pregnancy to get over the fact that she needed to change her car. I also, I also knew a woman who had triplets. 
which is something what? else that we, I want us to talk about a little bit just after a break, is it, she had triplets and she drove a TT. Oh, no. And she was pregnant and with triplets. Now, if ever there's a case oh, for changing word. your car. You know? <laughs> so besides that, and like, you know, then there's the stuff you actually really need for a baby. You know, things like new clothes for a baby. Things like nappies. Things like hair clippers. And, and bottles and... And pacifiers and all those kinds of things. When I was finished, I think my list had about 120 things <gasps> on it. Shoot. And this is me going, I'm not going to be one of those parents who's who, who, where the shops hoodwink you into buying like a burpa. <laughs> so, <laughs> this, is, this was the bare necessities. 195 items sitting on that list. Which Good grief. At, which is a once-off cost right at the beginning. You can buy it over a couple of months, which is also why you're pregnant for 10 months. Because <laughs> you need to do it every month. You need to do a little bit. But this is adding an item or items onto your monthly budget that weren't there before. And I think as a first-time mom, you also don't realize that there are certain things that you didn't even think of. So you purchase the stuff, and then you go to a friend that's just had a baby, and she says, have you got this? Have you got this? And you go, What? I didn't even know I needed that stuff. Speaking of stuff you don't know that you need until you see an ad in a, in a baby magazine <laughs> is a special bra yes. for feeding, yes. which costs 250 bucks. It's like, seriously? lingerie I love <laughs> that didn't cost that kind of money. <laughs> and they're awful. Yeah, look, there's lots not, of things that are that's awful. That's really but the not very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at and and this is and I also looked at items that did not have labels. So this is just, you know, run of the mill house Baby go brand. around stuff, yeah. House brand. If you're buying a Ferrari pram, you know, you you're suddenly looking at a five thousand rand pram versus a one thousand five hundred rand pram. When it's just a whatever, yes. you know, no name, nothing. But because it's Ferrari, and how does that, how does our, and you know, you're a first-time mom, you're sensitive about having a baby, but how does um, that impact on your budget? How does Hugely. one deal with the impact on your budget? Hugely. Of course it will impact on your budget because it's something that you're not actually prepared for. So unless you're actually earning a good enough salary, all of a sudden your budget changes. And that's why I'm saying, like earlier on, if you're going to plan for your baby, great. Because then you're almost paying for the baby up front. But if you're going to be doing a normal budget and you're already sitting on a situation where you're kind of just getting through, where does the extra money come from to, to have the baby, to care for your baby, and to prepare your baby for their future? It's really, really hard. Yeah. And and that's why I think this show is incredible. And that's why I said to you, kind of a genius for me. Because you think of things that other people just don't even think about. Because, yeah, you're looking at it and you're saying, guys, be prepared. Like I told you, my daughter Jade's doing sex ed at school, which kind of grosses me out hugely. But we have to <laughs> accept it. But what one of her teachers said to her, she said to her, think about it as teenagers specifically with hormones raging and everything. What is the cost of condoms versus nappies? Mm-hmm. It's really so true. Mm-hmm. And until you are ready to have that baby, think about it, plan for it. And this is why I think I'm going to go and develop a product for us after this. I think we need one. I think one. so. Because think so. I'm, I'm also kind of thinking, so endowments, what is the kind of minimum investment that one can make? And what is the kind of, after five years, which, as you say, that's the sh- the shortest period you can take is a five-year endowment. What's the minimum that I could save monthly, and what do I get out of it Correct. after the five years? If you have a look at somebody putting in, say, let's say 500 rand a month for a five-year term, and they're getting a 4.2% return on that, we're looking at between 48 and 60,000 illustrative maturity values. So it's not a huge amount of money. However, it's more than what you would get in the bank. So if you had to put that money into a savings account, it will definitely be more. Because, again, 
your funds are what determine your values at the end of the term of the policy. So that's quite nice. So you can really work it out to pretty much an accurate figure. And do they get taxed? When I take my money out at the end of five years, am I going to get taxed? No. Remember with an endowment, you're actually paying with after-tax money. So you're already paid. So in other words, it's your salary. Okay. It's my money's already been taxed. So I'm taking my after tax money and I'm putting it into a savings policy. So they can't tax me twice. Mm-hmm. So that's quite nice. And so endowment policies tell me if I'm it's if a I savings plan. Is it just a, a and I can do whatever. Plan. I could like now I'm not having more children because they're so expensive. <laughs> I could start an endowment for five years and take that money out and go to Greece. Absolutely, it's your money. We just protecting the money for you. The companies protect your money for you and they ensure the growth, which is higher than your bank growth. And again, some people say, but hang on a sec, I prefer my bank account savings because it's accessible. Now again, with an endowment, what are we doing? We're forcing you to save that money. So it's a forced savings. Yeah, because who does People, that? Exactly. No one's, you know, you get a savings pocket. Oh, my gosh. Is a, but no, <laughs> no one mm-mm. saves like that. And you go, jeez, you know what I'm going to save? X amount. After a few months, you think, oh, jeez, that money is just sitting there. It's not doing anything. That's what not can what I go and do think. with it? That's <laughs> not. I, I, I want to just, James, Tell for me. The, the sake of everybody out there, I want to say, Michelle, I know that people at, in financial institutions think, think that's how we think about this, but it's not because we look at this money and think there's, it's doing nothing. It's actually because you meet something. Okay. Like right now at the Woolworths, there's a pair of shoes, but I'm just saying, you meet something. Oh that, gosh, and it's that, an absolute need. That is, <laughs> that is absolutely unbelievable, and the thought of it missing from your life. Is will just be awful. It will just destroy you. In fact, no one should live a life like I that. I hear you. In particular, when you have access to a particular amount of funds. that can. We've had this talk <laughs> offline. Do you remember? <laughs> I'm just saying. But honestly, it's a forced savings. Mm. That's why we tie you in for those first five years. Mm. And if people don't want to be tied in, the collective investment's really nice. Because... It just gives you more flexibility. Okay, I want us to talk a little bit more about collective investments because I, I, I don't quite understand okay. that. But it's 12.30. Let's take a break. Listen to a song. When we come back, we're going to talk about collective Perfect. investments. Perfect.
about living fantasies we're talking about the very real experience that almost every woman has is having a baby and what also we found and just looking at um, some statistics getting into today's show i found that more and more women are actually choosing to have babies on their own without the help of a partner so when you've got a partner some of these costs can be shared you know some of these things you can send him off with his credit card to buy them (laughs) but but when you choose to be a mother on your own, single mother, taking on all of this. This is before that child is, even comes into the world. Some of the costs, and we spoke about it a little bit earlier. So we're talking about what does it actually cost to be holding that bundle of joy in your hands, to have all that cuteness in your life. 
the cost that it comes with and some of the things that you can do to save up for it or to to keep the money aside as you're planning on having this baby. It's 1238. You are listening to Womandla. It's Pumi Mashoko and Michelle Dave in the studio. You can call us and tell us about your experience or you can WeChat us or you can um, YouTube the show. You can get it on cliffcentral.com. You can get it on WeChat under the the key code Cliff Central. You can send us messages. You can call us directly into the studio. This is the wonderful thing about cliffcentral.com is we're on radio. We're uncensored and we're uncut. You can call us and tell us whatever you think. Tell us what you think about the show. Give us your experiences. You can call us on 0861-555-189. 0861-555-189. We're talking the cost of having baby and just babies and just some, some quick numbers that I was working out here. And I had 12 appointments in the 10 months 10 months i keep saying because actually a pregnancy is 40 weeks people like to hoodwink you into thinking it's nine months actually 10 months four weeks a month 40 (laughs) weeks that's what you have i had 12 appointments with my gynae and the cost of a gynae is between at the low end you're looking at about a thousand eight hundred rand per appointment which comes up to twenty one thousand six hundred rands at the bottom end of the scale and at the top end of the scale you're looking at up to twenty six thousand 400 rands. That's before you go into that hospital. And I know the hospital I went into, and I'm so like pedantic. I don't want to be in like a room with eight other screaming women. Again, this is because that's what movies made. <laughs> that's what I thought would happen. That's what I thought would happen when you're having birth, when you're giving birth. And I thought I don't want to be with other people when I'm having this this experience. This so miracle to, of life. This amazing miracle experience. <laughs> And I wanted to be on my own in a single room. That and the single room at Park Lane Hospital cost more than my favorite hotel. <laughs> yep. Just like twelve thousand rand. It cost more than yep. my favorite hotel, and you don't get room service. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, and you're there for three days. Yep. You know, at twenty, at twelve thousand rand it's, a day. It's ridiculous. If you don't have, if you don't have medical aid. Hello. And the medical aid will not cover all of that. You're looking at 36,000 rands. And what was also astounding for me is that when you go into that hospital to have your baby, you're paying your gynecologist on the one side. You're paying for an anesthesiologist if you have like pain medication. Epidurals. And- if you have pain yeah. management, you are paying for that yep. doctor separately. You have to pay. This was the other thing that blew my mind is you have to pay for a pediatrician to be in the room. Correct. You haven't even the had the baby and yeah. it's already, you know, you have to pay for a pediatrician. So three doctors plus the nurses and you still pay for every little line item exactly. that's on there. And you know what they don't even realize is the pain that you go through to actually pay for that. <laughs> Pumi's just hanging your head in, in absolute, shame. Yeah. In what do we know? We know this. <laughs> in absolute and this is before you've bought your essential items. So that list that I was talking about with about 195 items on it, you're looking at about 20,000 rand. Easily. At the bottom end of that scale, if you're Easily. just going bare minimum, you're not getting hoodwinked into buying a special set of nail clippers Correct. for your baby or a Correct. special comb. And then I your mom turns that. around and she says, no, just bite off the nails. I know. And this is before. <laughs> this is this is also before. I, I don't know. I don't know about white people. This is going to be a black experience. Just warning you. And this is also before all of the other stuff. Before the, 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 the set of linen. Linen stuff. Of course, yes. And the gripe water. And, and the gripe waters. <laughs> all of and then that what do they stuff. say? Just take a little bit of whiskey and rub it on their gums. You know, all of that kind of stuff. And, and that's the kind of stuff that, again, you know, it's like you're so hoodwinked around those things. You're just like, gripe water. Should I just be making sugar water with a little yes. bit of salt? <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> but it comes in a nice bottle when you and buy it, it in nice. the shop. Yeah. But those costs add up. Those costs all add up. And and we were just talking, just before we, we went on that break, we were talking about... um. Group collective investment. Collective investment. Do you know what? Let's make it easy. It's a unit trust. Okay. okay. That's really what it is. A unit trust is very simply where you're investing in a fund. It's exactly the same as if you were doing the endowment. We're just simplifying it and we're saying this is directly into the fund. It's it's almost like investing in the stock exchange. However, this is just somebody doing it for you. You don't have to worry about anything. 
and you put your money in on a monthly basis. You can adjust your premium as well. So it's a very flexible type of investment. But it is a certain guaranteed return due to the fund again that you're going to go into. So that's why I'm saying if people don't want to wait the five years, that's really a nice route to go. You know, and again, I keep on saying don't go into the banks and savings products. Not always true. Certain banks will give you a set return for investing a certain amount of money per month. So there's so many options available, but I, I, I still believe that you've come up with a brilliant plan. But I'm just saying, you know, so the other thing that, that's always such a challenge when it comes to these things, it's easy to go, I want an education policy. It's easy to walk up to somebody and say, I want a particular thing. Yes. But when you're having to, and the challenge, I think for most women, is the discomfort of having a conversation about money is a very real sure. thing. So walking into a bank is a is a very daunting experience. Of course. So walking into a bank to ask about saving products and you don't know the first place, um, the first place that you want to to have this conversation at, or the first thing to ask, is su- such an incredible experience. I think for most women. And over and above that, to then have the very personal conversation that says, I'm doing this because I'm thinking of having yes. a baby, is, is tough. Sure. So what what are the, um, for you as a person who's, who's worked with people who come to you all the time for lots of different kind of tools and investment products or money-saving yes. products or money-making products, what is the, what's the ground floor that a person can walk into and start this journey? I think the very first thing that a person needs to do as an individual is find a company that they feel that they would like to do business with. So you can either go to any of the big fives or any insurance company that you feel comfortable with because you've heard about them, you've had personal referrals about them, and you can phone and actually ask for a certified planner to contact you. There has to be a a relationship between you and this person because if there's no relationship, there's no trust and there's no growth. Or you can, once again, referrals to me are always the best way to do it. You can find out about brokers that other people have dealt with, meet with a person and see how you feel about them. That is vital because if you don't feel comfortable about the person you're dealing with, move on. If they're not doing what you are ask, what they are asking, move on. Don't just stick around and go, oh, maybe they know more. Ask the questions, ask every single question you can and feel comfortable with the person you're going to do business with. So from your many years of experience, if I'm already pregnant and I haven't done all of these things, you know, I I didn't think about it, now I'm here, and now my 500 rand a month that I may have been able to save into, into an endowment, for instance, I'm now spending on the very real essentials in front of my face right now. What else? Can a person do, because now you're working on a back foot. What else can a person do to get back on the saddle, as it were? I think we just touched on this a little bit earlier on, and we said that, again, people have to do budgets. If you don't work off a budget, you seem to spend what you don't have. And that is the biggest, biggest problem that I see on a daily basis, is that people do not work off budgets. And, yes, there are things that are going to come in that you need to buy something extra. If you work off a budget, it allows you to almost pay yourself still. And just even if it's a hundred rand that you're able to put away, it makes that difference. And that's the only advice I can give somebody because don't go and take out a loan or get more access on your bond to assist you through having the baby and now looking after the baby. Rather try and bring as much debt down as you can. Something simple. People that rent. How much do people pay for rental? It is astronomical. I'm talking crazy. I've looked at a couple of stats lately, and I've just looked at it and gone, this is nuts. If you can, and first-time home buyers are always given preferential treatment, rather look at purchasing your own home. Instead of paying somebody else 8,000 Rand for a two-bedroomed home, Purchase your own home and it's going to cost you six. Near a good school. Near a good school. Then the child can walk. (laughs) 
these are the things. No one has these conversations. No, they don't. It's it's just and and that's for me one of of the things that when we were working on putting this together, I thought what's really phenomenal for me is is the opportunity to just have the frank conversation. To have the frank conversation that says, you know, if you're looking at having a if baby. you're looking at forty five thousand rands for the hospital yes. alone, you know, should you be looking at should you be looking at a different hospital? Should you be looking at a different kind of private hospital? Should you be looking at a different birth model? And we haven't even touched on no. uh, on if you have problems. So a lot of people, you're thinking of having a baby, you're a little bit older and you've got some money. But now you need treatments, you need fertility treatments, you need, and if you're doing it on your own, you need a donor and all of that exactly. kind of stuff. When I looked at those costs too, they were astronomical. People We're looking at about 60,000? People are spending up to yeah. 120,000 yeah. rand. That's 60,000 for one that. treatment. Just to have that yeah. baby, you know, and and those two are, so, in, in, you know, if your medical aid doesn't cover the full cost, you know. And a lot of medical aids won't cover any of it, depending on which plans you're on. Because remember, it's like it's like me going for a nose job. It's surgery. It's plastic surgery. It's not. It's elective. I don't need it. I just don't like my nose. So it's the same kind of thing. But again, I think we need to say to ourselves, if I'm having a baby, what is that child going to cost me until they're 18 when they leave home? And it's estimated that it's going to cost you about 90000 a year and about $1.8 million up until the child turns 18. That oh. is scary figures. That <laughs> 90,000 rands it's a year. Nuts. And that doesn't include like food and sustenance. Doesn't no, that include, includes everything. Does it include That's everything? Absolutely everything to have that little one in your life. 90,000 rands. It is hugely expensive. And I mean, we were talking earlier on about education for kids. If you look at just a normal BCom today, it's going to cost your child about 90,000 rand to do a BCom. A and we've three got a degree. Yeah, we've got a young lady sitting with us and she's nodding her head furiously <laughs> thinking, yes, we've been there. My parents are trying to do this as well. Mm. So if you're looking at taking out a policy for your kid, start as early as you possibly can. Really and truly start doing that because if you're going to save, say, 100,000 rand, over the term of your child before they actually go to tertiary education. If the child is three years old or one year old, you're going to have to save around about 390 rand. But if you leave it later and later and you only start saving it, say, when the child is 11, that cost jumps up to almost 900 rand. Sure. So you can see the difference in planning ahead. And I think that's why the show for me today is so phenomenal because this is really planning ahead it's not like well here's the kid now what i do and you know so as as we're talking about one of the things the endowments are easy they force savings the um, what did you call it the unit trust unit collect what is the it? collective investment i love that collective investment it kind of reminds <laughs> me of stock files <laughs> it does because it's like everybody doing the same thing for benefits for the benefit for everybody of, yeah. And and but when I think about education policies and I mean they've been in the past and, and a lot and again I'll give you my township black experience. It's been <laughs> lots of completely unscrupulous um practices in the past. How much has changed? Because earlier you could before you'd buy a policy and it would be an education policy and you couldn't use that money for anything except an education for that child, if anything happened to that child of yours, God forbid, you know, and they don't want to go and study or you just lose that money. It's not like that anymore because that the benefit is really there for the person who's taken out the policy and also on the life of the child, or not on the life of the child, but for the child's life. So if the child decides not to go to university, take that money and put it down as a deposit on a flat or a car, whatever they need. So just because it said education policy, it's a savings doesn't product. It mean just has a name that you're going to have to use that money for 
a particular degree? It's a savings product. And it's again, it's a forced savings product. But we call it an education policy because we're hoping that our kids are going to use it for education purposes. And that's really what it is. Any kind of saving that you put into any type of product with any company is really your money to do with what you want to do it. They can't force you to do anything with it. It's, it's, and I think that's what makes me very angry sometimes about some financial advisors is that they don't explain the product to the client. So the client purchases a product thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to do this, this and this and this. And at the end of the term of the policy, it's completely different. And that makes me angry because I sometimes get those clients and I've got to try and explain to them what the policy really is. And Michelle, is there any benefits? I once got given advice that if I if I took out three endowments, for instance, and with at at different so take out an endowment in 2014 and start paying it off for a five year term, and then take out a second endowment in 2015 because hypothetically your salary is growing and all of that kind of stuff, and and all those endowments mature at different times, so you get a lump sum at the beginning of every year? Or should I be saving in one particular policy that's got an indefinite amount of time and I can then in five years take out a little bit, in year six take out a little bit and that? I think that really depends on the person and why they're actually saving for that money because there's nothing wrong with actually doing the stagnation or stagnating it and also not having maybe in the same companies, have different products with different companies. So that to me is always a good idea. So you don't have to stick with one place and have all your money with them. And the nice thing is that even if it is a five-year term policy, you can open-end it. So you just inform the company or inform your financial advisor to inform the company that you actually don't want to stop premiums right now because you don't need the money right now. Oh, so you can do that even though you've taken – so you don't sign a contract that says in five years' time you must take your money out. I've got a client right now that's done exactly what we're talking about. Her policy is going to be maturing in October, and she's decided to keep it for another year at least. We've just informed the company about it, and it's great. So you can open-end it. You can keep it going for as long as you want it. There's no stipulation. The only stipulation is if you take it out before the five years, that there could be penalties. What kind of penalties? Are not it's financial penalties because what they've done is they've actually worked out the policy's maturity value over the five-year term. And they're saying if you're taking it out before that, then the illustrative value that they've given you may not be accurate. Okay, so I get that. So the, the, you've got options. You've got Absolutely. you've got there options. There are so many options. And if people just want to talk and find somebody to talk to, there are so many different options. Mm-hmm. So the options, I mean, the options are there. Yes. And it's really about a little bit of information. And Correct. you can find the information on any financial Absolutely. services website. Or you can go balls to the walls and just put your money <laughs> on the stock exchange. One of these days we'll be having a conversation about the stock exchange. <laughs> I want to understand that thing. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, oh, that you are not allowed to say. You're the money guru. You're supposed to understand everything to do with financial. I'm honest. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh. But I think, thank you. I th- Thank you very much. I think for me, this has been an incredibly informative show. And it's 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 amazing to know all the various options. Like I didn't know that you could just go to your bank and ask your bank, for some kind of savings plan that you you know that and that that could have so it's a little it's about doing a little bit of homework too. just a little bit of homework you mm-hmm. know and again remember all your banks have got financial planners in them as well but then they are associated with a bank so they will only sell you products correct from that particular correct. institution correct if you went to a bank that's not your bank could you go in there and talk to a absolutely. financial planner there absolutely okay. they will always have even in a branch that may not be that big, they'll have at least one financial planner inside that branch. Speak to them. They are, they're a wealth of knowledge. And is there a cost link to it? So no, this is my very question. They're not allowed to charge you. Fantastic. So they're not allowed to charge. No. So it's free advice. Yes. Take it or you, take it or leave it. That's free it. advice. Just like our free advice today. <laughs> it's the month end money show. Thank you for joining us, Michelle. Thank you so much Great for coming pleasure. in. And I'm I'm still astounded at the amount of money that one has to put away 
in order to be able to comfortably have a baby. And we didn't even begin to touch on the fact that you do get UIF, but the UIF you get is only a percentage of what. And also it takes quite a long time for the UIF to pay out. So you can look anything from six weeks to six months for that money to actually hit your account. So if you're off for three months from your work, you also have you to need think that about money that cost. now. Yeah, you also have to think Correct. about that cost. One of these days we'll have a conversation about the UIF, whether you're employed now or unemployed or whether you're pregnant and on maternity leave. We'll definitely have a conversation about that. But thank you very much for indulging me in this baby talk, for indulging me in, in and I think probably disabusing me of any notion of ever having another baby, cute as they are. <laughs> I'll just have to live vicariously through other people's children because that I don't have to pay for. Just a gift once a year. <laughs> but this has been an incredibly informative show. So you've got options. Your options are your options are a collective investment. Your options are an endowment. endowment and savings options, products with with banks. You've got so many options available to you. And you can do whatever you want to do with the money that you get out. You don't have to spend the money on what you said you were going to spend it on when you started out as well. Correct. So that's just that's also quite exciting for me. It is one minute to one. I'm looking out the window here. So normally at this time, I look out of the window and I go, the doctors are here, but I don't see any doctors. I don't see any doctors, but I'm glad you joined us for this show. Join us again next month. It's spring next week. <laughs> I'm extremely excited about that. I think we're going to be talking about getting those bodies summer ready next week. Join me, Pumi Mashoko, on Womandla next week, Wednesday, 12 to 1. I'll be back here again and hope to have just as exciting a show as we had today. Thank you, Michelle, for being with us. Great pleasure. Thank you, Pumi. Cool.